With Russia invading Ukraine, there are a lot of people asking questions, and these are important questions. Many people are asking, does the Bible say anything about Russia? Others are asking, does the Bible say anything about World War III? Others are asking the question, is Putin this person known as Gog? So let me, uh, for the sake of those of you who know very little, have never read Ezekiel 38, let me just highlight a few things, and I do this so that you will explore this, you will research this. Now, first of all, keep in mind that, as you well know, chapter 38 of Ezekiel follows chapter 37. Do you understand what's in chapter 37? It's that imagery of the dry bones being given life. In other words, that which appears to be a graveyard is given life, and it's talking about a nation. It is a clear reference to the nation of Israel being restored in the land. They were dispersed from 70 A.D. until 1948. We could say that Ezekiel 37 demonstrates the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Now, they were restored in unbelief. They have not come to know their Messiah. But then we go to chapter 38, and what we find is the Hebrew prophet Ezekiel. Now, keep in mind, when you see modern-day Iraq and you look at that map, if you go just a little bit south and east in that country, ancient Babylon is there. And that's where Ezekiel lived more than 2,500 years ago, close to 2,600 years ago. And while he was there, this prophet was given a vision of events that would take place in the future. And when we say the future, how do we know that? Well, we can drop down to verse 16. It says that this will happen, all that Ezekiel is talking about, during the, quote, last days, end quote. During the end times, before the Messiah comes to set up his kingdom on the earth. So chapters 36 and 37, in many ways, are setting the stage for a future battle that would take place where God will directly intervene. The Jews had to be back in the land for this prophecy to be fulfilled. And that's what was predicted in chapters 36 and 37. And then we have what oftentimes is called the Ezekiel invasion. It's called the War of Gog and Magog. Now, when we hear Gog and Magog, as we're reading this, in fact, let me read the first couple of verses. The word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel speaking, Son of man, set your face toward Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn you about and put hooks in your jaws, and I'll bring you out and all your army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed in full armor, a great host of them with buckler and shield, wielding swords." And then he lists uh, some countries. Now, as you read this, a lot of us get bogged down in, in verse 2. Set your face against Gog. Who in the world is Gog? Now, Gog is not a personal name. It is a title. A title like he is the, the dictator, the czar, uh, the, the president, the pharaoh. And he's referred to as someone who is a military individual, a leader in that dimension, a political leader, and one who can build a, a coalition of nations, pull them together. And he's also described as someone who will eventually develop what the scriptures refer to as 
an evil plan. And in essence, we know he's an evil man. He's a despotic ruler. He is someone with great power who is going to do something that is the epitome of evil. Now, as I say that, can you see Vladimir Putin? I can. That fits that description. We cannot be absolutely certain, but this certainly fits the description. And if it's not Vladimir Putin, it's going to be someone a lot like Vladimir Putin, who comes from the background that he has, part of the KGB, one who can strategize things. And he's obviously come up with a very evil plan in terms of the Ukraine. But the Ukraine is merely a stepping stone to the battle described in Ezekiel chapter 38. So this Russian leader will build a coalition of nations. And of course, Russia has done that already, primarily with Iran, as well as Turkey and some other nations. And that coalition will eventually attack the state of Israel. But remember, it says in the end times, at the end of the age. Now, what other countries will be involved? Well, the ones that are prominent are first and foremost, Iran referred to in this passage as Persia. Persia was called Persia up until 1935 when they changed their name to the Islamic Republic of Iran. It's interesting, there are some Iranians that uh, we have met over the years, and when you ask where are they from, a lot of times they'll say Persia. And even today, Russia cooperates with Iran in terms of their military presence just north of Israel. And of course, the invasion comes from the north. So pull back for a moment and think about it. The prophet predicted that Israel would be a nation dispersed that would be given new life. And then in the very next chapter, he talks about the end of days, the latter days. And when you go back and you read the predictions in Ezekiel chapter 37, he, he says the Jews will be living in exile, scattered throughout the world. And by his grace, God would regather them into the land of Israel. And that has happened. And then we read in Ezekiel 36, verse 12, I will cause men, my people Israel, to walk on you and possess you. Speaking of the land, he said the Jewish people would rebuild the ancient ruins and the places of waste and that it would become a thriving land. And then it's going to be there, that land that is fruitful, that land that is wealthy. And of course, we wonder, are there any indications as to when this will happen? When this invasion will take place, verse 8 says this, After many days, implying that this was a distant prophecy, you will be mustered or gathered. In the latter years, you will go against the land that is restored from war, Israel, the land whose people were gathered from many peoples, that's Israel, upon the mountains of Israel, which had been a continual waste, but they're not now. Its people were brought out from the peoples and now dwell securely all of them. In other words, when Israel is in the land and they're thriving, there's going to be the stage set for the invasion. And the next verse, verse 9, you advance coming on like a storm. You'll be like a cloud covering the land, you and all your hordes and many peoples with you. When you saw all those troops, 100,000 plus troops on the edge of the Ukraine, that's a preview of what's going to happen when Gog, the leader of this coalition of nations, begins to invade the nation of Israel. Now, when you read this, though, you're also saying, well, wait a minute. It says now dwells securely. Is it 
possible to say Israel surrounded by nations that literally hate Israel, that they are living securely? The fact of the matter is they are living more securely today than they have in their history. They are a strong military power. They have nuclear capabilities. They have some of the best pilots in the world. In fact, they have taken some of our planes and improved those. And so really all that is needed is, let's just say, some crazy guy who leads in Russia. And he decides that he is going to join with these other nations and they're finally going to put an end to the biggest problem in the Middle East, and that is Israel. We may have that man living on the contemporary scene. And in fact, he's, he's the most prominent leader in the world right now, and that's Vladimir Putin. Could he be Gog? I think there's a good chance. Let's be praying about it. Let's ask the Lord to give us discernment. And let's be ready to hear the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. And let's be ready to go be with the Lord.